She's also the only broad we've talked about who has a Lego figurine made of her. And, and her bosses were like, <laughs> engineering, software engineering, and they like gave her a hard time about it. One day, she says, this is, a, this is a quote from her, one day in a meeting, one of the most respected hardware gurus explained it to everyone that he agreed with me. And then, after the dude said it, they were like, oh, okay, we can call it software engineering. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, some man Hello, this is Sarah, and I am speaking to you from the broads you should know. The podcast about amazing or no, we're, we're, <laughs> the podcast about amazing, noteworthy women from history that you never learned about in history class. Yeah, There's a lot or of probably those. didn't, unless you had a really amazing history teacher. Yeah, which I had a couple of those. That's good. Yeah, they were a out there. Of those. But it was more like Howard's in, but it wasn't women centric. Yeah, mm. I had a couple good history teachers that also didn't teach me anything about women. Yeah, yeah. But I, they taught me what they taught me very well. Yeah. But I should give a yeah. shout out to Miss Davis. Yeah, Miss Davis. Oh, Miss Davis. Davis. She was the best. I don't think I ever had a female history teacher. I don't think I did either, which is kind of strange. Yeah, maybe I, I mean, I think it makes sense if mo- history is mostly men, mm. so men mostly go into it. written. Mostly written by, by men. men. Right, yeah. exactly. It's the most of the history that we know about is focuses, focuses on the males. And thus this podcast. Exactly. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. Broads, you should know. So uh, I'm Justin Xavier. I'm Sam Eggers. And I'm Sarah Gorski. And I am going to be talking today about... Oh, I'm so in love with her. Um, actually, she's still alive today. Um, First one of those we've done. I know. Maybe she'll, maybe she'll call in and want to be on the podcast. Oh my God, I would freak out. I would... Something would... I'd have to change my pants. Or maybe, maybe she'll just, like, retweet the episode. Like, oh, um, thanks. If she's older and knows how to retweet, 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 retweet. 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 Well, I have you know, I I, may, I was going to end with this, but I can say right now, she's also the only broad we've talked about who has a Lego figurine made of her. Who are you going to awesome. talk about? Oh We're going to talk about Margaret Hamilton, who is not Margaret Hamilton who played the witch. You know, she was the the bad witch in um, Wizard of Oz. Uh, Wizard yes. of Oz. Oh. All about. Wizard she was of also Oz Margaret Hamilton, show. but she was a different Margaret Hamilton. Okay. We are talking about Margaret Hamilton, the brilliant software engineer that helped us land on the moon. Ooh. Yes. Yes. And actually, there was a meme floating around not too long ago of her, uh, and maybe you saw it, but didn't know who it was, or didn't read, or didn't retain the information. Um, which happens to me all the Wait, time. Wait, on by the, the internet? Way. <laughs> um, there was this meme of, of this little, like, nerdy, skinny brunette with, like, really long hair down to her waist. And she's, like, stacking a, a binder on top of this stack of books that's taller than her. And it's a stack of all of the code written that helped get on the moon. And uh, it went around because uh, it was just the 50th anniversary of that this uh, year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Amazing. Apollo Went 11. to the moon cool. in 1969. Um, so that's Margaret Hilton. Is that a song? Did you just it's, that It's from Even Stevens. <laughs> oh, I Disney know Channel original. Okay. I didn't have yeah. the Disney Channel growing up. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, so I'm sure somebody is cheering you on yeah. with that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. S- some Disney nerd. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we would not have... Uh, gotten to the moon without Margaret Hamilton, and she is amazing. So I want to talk a little bit about her. Um, she actually invented the term software engineering. She was like one of the first. What? 
Yes. That's amazing. It didn't exist. I should go back. So let's go back to the beginning. That's like a super popular term these days. It (laughs) is. I should. I'll I'll rewind. I'll start at the beginning. We're in the Silicon Valley age of apps. (laughs) The biggest businesses in the world are all apps. So yes. Yeah, it was her. It wouldn't have been called that. And it actually might not even exist today if it weren't for her insisting on it actually being acknowledged as an actual division of engineering. Wow. Because it was not respected as actual. Because it was all hardware engineering then. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. And I'm a little ahead of myself. I'm a little ahead of myself. I'm going to like bring it back to the beginning. Margaret Hamilton, she was born in 1936. Mm-hmm. Her dad was a philosopher and a poet. And her grandfather was a headmaster and a Quaker minister. Whoa. Whoa. How did he feel about going to the moon? Uh, I don't have n- any notes about that. Okay. I, didn't read about th- I didn't read about her father and grandfather's feelings about it. That's fair. But I imagine really they were care. quite proud of her. I have to have been. <laughs> yeah. Even um, if they think we, we shouldn't have been there because we're disobeying God or the whatever. The philosopher and the poet, I think, would want us on the moon. Yeah. Don't you think? The dad? Well... She went to uh, University of Michigan studying mathematics and then went to, transferred to Earlham College. I didn't look up where that was, actually. With a BA in math and a minor in philosophy inspired by her dad and her grandfather, which is really cool. Hmm. I Um, there weren't very many women in the mathematics department at that time, either. This is uh, probably in the mid-50s? Yeah. I don't, not a ton. Mm -hmm. Um, I think STEM was still, like, a really under... It just still didn't have a lot of women in, in STEM in general, I think, back then. But then, uh, after undergrad, she got married to her husband, uh, and they moved to Boston so that her husband could go to graduate school, which is cool. She was very supportive, and she had a baby in that time, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and so, while her husband was going to school, she picked up, she just picked up a job at MIT. As you do. <laughs> yeah, you just like you do. Decide. No big deal. <laughs> thing to do just, on the just yeah. a side just a side gig okay have a good day at school honey flipping, flipping <laughs> equations MIT. on the grill <laughs> and she started in the media meteorology department um developing weather prediction software to start with uh and then she moved on to they call it the sage project which was software that was detecting enemy aircraft Ooh. Um, wow and there's this great little story I found when I was doing all my research about, she talks about um, when she started on that project, there was this, oh, I'll just read the quote. She said, what they used to do when you came into this organization as a beginner was to assign you this program which nobody was ever able to figure out or get it to run. So it was like the Kobayashi Maru yeah. of like, if I can be a nerd about it. Right. I love yep. you just referenced Kobayashi Maru. Right. Yeah. Um, and so when she said, when I was the beginner, they gave it to me as well. And the guy, the guy who wrote the program, he wrote all the notes in Greek and Latin because he was like a super asshole. What a dick. He like, like everything was in Greek and Latin. I'm going to write something that can't be solved. <laughs> yeah. And so she said, I was assigned to this program and I actually got it to work. And... I printed out the answers in Greek and Latin. And yes, she was, Margaret. And she was the first yes. one. She was the first one to figure it out. This like impo- this co- she passed the Kobayashi Maru, oh, but without cheating. Amazing. Because yeah. everybody knows that Spock cheated. Oh yes. Yeah. Everybody, right? You know that, right, Justin? Yeah, I do. Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure. <laughs> um, and so uh, the whole deal with her and her husband was that he was going to go to grad school and she was going to pay the rent. Uh, in her little MIT job. Uh, and then she was going to go to grad school after that. They were going to do like a switch off. But they, you know, 
a baby and both of them in grad school at the same time seemed a little too crazy. So she was about to resume her graduate studies and she saw this, or she or her husband, I think, actually saw a newspaper advertisement looking for people to develop software to, quote, send a man to the moon. A newspaper advertisement? They just put that yeah. in the newspaper? Yeah, well, in like, Boston, like in a, oh, okay. around MIT, I imagine. Mm, oh, I yeah, imagine it wasn't sense. circulated, like, incredibly well. It's like kind of the <laughs> same thing that was in the, the imitation game. Did you see that movie? Yes. Mm. Where they just put an ad in the paper, and they were like, right. if you can solve this puzzle, maybe you can come work for us at uh, CIA yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, to, right. It was in Britain. But she solved that crazy Kobayashi Maru test, so she was like, she had some cred. Mm-hmm. She had, like, a little MIT cred. Um, and so she was hired. She was like, that sounds really kind of interesting. I kind of want to do that. So she goes in and does it. Uh, and at the time, this is, this is going to blow your minds a little. This is like some, some tech Please insanity. Do. So uh, all the computers um, had like no memory. You know, right now we have like like 60 gigs on our phone or whatever. Right. And back then they had like a couple megabytes. They had like nothing <laughs> to land on the moon with. And they had, like, the way that they programmed was they had these wires, these, like, copper wires, and they would, like, circle them around nails. It was this crazy, and it was this, it was women's work. Coding was women's work. It was this, like, whole factory of women who would be, like, wrapping wires. To, like, it was, it's absolutely, you should look it up. It's, it's super cool and, like, insane to think about that that's where our technology now started, is that was what programming was. But... At the time, software engineering wasn't even, it was like the, it wasn't a term, it didn't even exist, but it's what Margaret was doing, and she had a whole team, and they were all kind of mm-hmm. doing this thing together. They were like, well, something has to run the hardware right. mm-hmm. to get us to the moon, right? Mm-hmm. Is she a character in Hidden Figures, that movie? Um, that was a good movie. Yeah. I didn't see it. uh I just got really called yeah, out. I don't remember. It's I just okay. Got so called out. <laughs> but it doesn't mean you but didn't know. You know it focuses on the women who helped us get to the moon. I so know. I'm like, if they, if she's not a character, she's not one it. of the leads for sure. Right. No. Um. But I maybe don't think she is. I mean, I guess there are other women in the film. Yeah. There's like also those other women from Hidden women. Figures are also Legos. P.S. Okay. So Margaret's oh. not the not. There's a whole Women of NASA set now you can buy, That's, which I'm gonna oh, get my super Lego. badass. I think I'm gonna get it for my nephew. You should. That's a great idea. Yes. I'm super pumped about it. Anyway. Uh. So yeah. So they had almost no memory to run, um, to run these systems and mm-hmm. and run and actually the whole operation of like launching and orbit and getting someone to the moon takes a lot of different direct software is you know basically giving the computer directions for what to do when right right mm-hmm. um so it was kind of this really insane juggling process of like the order to program things in so that things didn't crash yeah. and stuff like that because if you overloaded the the system it would crash um so that was kind of her job was like kind of managing that whole system um and she and so, like I said, software engineer wasn't even a term yet. She invented it, um, and she just kind of started using the term one day. <laughs> and and her bosses were like, <laughs> engineering, software engineering, and they like gave her a hard time about it. Uh, and then one day, she says, "This is a this is a quote from her." One day in a meeting, one of the most respected hardware gurus explained it to everyone that he agreed with me. A du- a dude said he agreed. Uh, and then the process of building software should also be con- considered an engineering discipline, just like with the hardware. And then, after the dude said it, 
they were like, oh, okay, we can call it software engineering. Everyone's like, oh, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so software we can call it software engineering. <laughs> and then it became so. And so she she invented the field, the field that now like we like everything all rely in on our lives for runs on. everything. <laughs> All day. Well, gee, thanks, Margaret. Yeah. So software became more and more critical and more and more respected, and she was promoted to the head of the department. Yay! Thank effing God. My, and, but people were worried when they promoted her. Some of the other people at NASA, the other department heads, were like, I don't know, though. Can like guys work okay under a woman? Is it going to be okay? Oh, jeez. But it turned out that her department was super chill, and they all really respected her, and it was a non-issue. But the fact that they even had those conversations... Yeah. Can you even? Because that's not even that long ago. Can you even have a woman as your boss? Can well, you even? And to not only have her be be a boss, but also the boss of a field that didn't exist before. So not only did she come in and was placed in a position of power, but also she's like, oh, I'm also in a position of power of a field that I'm pretty much creating. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, I mean, she knew her stuff. She, like, went in and she, she wasn't all talking to walk. She was like, there's these pictures of her, like, doing the programming in the simulator and... Oh, we'll put them on the website. People can look at all these cool pictures of her. That's cool. Um, so anyway, uh, they're working on the Apollo programs, and they're doing all this fancy stuff. And uh, she used to bring her daughter into the office. Like, she'd be working late sometimes, and her she just, like, set her up with some toys in the corner. And different days back then, right? Yeah. Um, and so she was letting her play in the, fl- in the flight simulator one day, and she was just pushing buttons. Lauren, the, the, the her daughter, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the whole system crashed, yeah. uh, and and she was like, oh my gosh, what happened? And so she so she like the math nerd was like, what's going on here? Or it's not math nerd, but software engineer nerd. So she goes in and looks, and she can see that um, the the simulator had been in the process of flight that was about to like orbit the moon. And her daughter had pushed the button that was a pre-launch button. Mm. So it had given a command from earlier in the whole, the whole journey of the process. And she was like, you know, that is, like, dangerous. Yeah, that shouldn't because, be able to do that. Because an astronaut might do that. And if their system crashes when they're up there. And so she brings it to her bosses and she's like, you know, I think that we need to f- design some software protocols to like manage that kind of situation or to, to make that impossible to happen. Mm-hmm. And her bosses were like, um, astronauts are really smart and they'll never do that. <laughs> they'll never do it. Just never. They'll never do of it. Of course not. How They're could not they possibly? Stress. Men They're don't like, make mistakes. <laughs> Look. And that, I mean, obviously the astronauts are all brilliant. They went through lots of testing. There's no question. You know that they're that they are, but you're you know up there you have like lack of oxygen or different. What if no your elbow just you know? hits the wrong button? Yeah, and your internal clock is all off because like what is time? I don't in know. Space and you're in space. Like I can't. So her bosses were like, mm, no, that's not something we need. That's ridiculous. I think that I think the term in the quotes was like that's ridiculous. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then this is my favorite part of the story. <laughs> Um, oh, her quote about it was, we had been told many times that astronauts would not make any mistakes. They were trained to be perfect. What? Trained? Well, you know, that's, that that's how so that works. To be perfect. You just decide so to be perfect. Instead, you, so instead she had to create a little program note that was like, please don't select this entry during flight. <laughs> it's like P10. Please don't select. So in like the book of code that astronauts could look up when they're yeah. asking a question, she had to like add it because they wouldn't let her do the programming. But then, this is the best. 
Oh my gosh, I can't even. I can't stop grinning because this is my favorite part of the story. Um, around Christmas, made a mistake. Around Christmas of 1968, five days into Apollo 8, the Apollo 8 flight, which was the first that was uh, brought astronauts to orbit the moon for the first time. Okay. Um, astronaut Jim Lovell inadvertently hit that button. Jim. And the computer crashed, and they lost all of their navigational data. Which, when you're flying in space, you means you don't know, know where, where the f you are. Yeah. Uh-huh. You don't can't get home. Basically, like not only can you not go, get around the moon, you can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Is what that is. But <laughs> God, NASA bosses, those assholes, <laughs> perfect astronauts. Um, anyway, luckily. They were like, oh my gosh, what's going what's gonna to happen? We lost the data. We better call in Margaret Hamilton to try to help figure this out. And so they, she, she was came like, in. See my sticky note, please. She came, <laughs> see my sticky note? No, she didn't do that. She came <laughs> in and they worked and worked and worked. And they finally were able to figure out a way to reset the computer and like remotely re-upload navigational data from Houston, which also had never been done before. It well, was this that's like, amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, they, so they got the computers back online and everyone got home safe. Great. Um, and it all went amazing and it was all because of her and then her bosses were like well maybe we should have you design that software (laughs) safety protocol (laughs) so she did um i'm probably not using the right words too my brother's gonna be embarrassed he's like a really smart sciencey guy (laughs) um (laughs) software so they finally they let her build what's uh, now called asynchronous flight software which means that you it it basically uh you have assigned priorities to different tasks uh and that you cannot it, it like close loops certain systems. So if you're okay. in pre-launch, you can't jump ahead. You can't jump orbit. ahead, or if you're in, you know, orbit or where I don't not I don't know the flights, the different phases of flight. You didn't look <laughs> um, that up. I, like I sort of did, well, but I was so. I assume there's pre-launch, launch, and post-launch. post-launch. There has to be at least those. Yeah. So she so she built that software, uh, and that is like the basis of and and um, software asynchronous software in general is just a huge foundational aspect of like today's software too so that's something that's kind of led forward um and then uh they did have some issues uh they did have the computer actually for apollo 11 the um the computer did freak out they got these crazy alarms right before they actually were able to land the eagle they called it the Mm -hmm. lunar module and based like because margaret had like done such amazing work the computer was and the the people that were guiding them were able to see okay this is a like a level three issue, so the computer's gonna override it so you can still land safely, and then they were able to land on the moon. And they knew that because of the work Margaret had done. So like without, I mean, she, she did have a whole team. I don't wanna like brush right. away the rest of her team because obviously they all did that work together sure. and it was a lot of work and it was amazing, but like truly, just incredible, just incredible. She went on to, I didn't even like detail the rest of the stuff she's done, but she ended up starting a company or two and did all Soft, this amazing software stuff. Software companies or? I believe so. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> and she did, um, Obama gave her um, a Presidential Medal of Freedom. Oh. In it 2016. took until Obama. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Did she continue yeah. working for NASA at all after that? Uh, I think she did for a while, and then she w- then she was like, oh, "I'm going to do my own thing now." Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, well, the space men. program calmed down. A- the space program calmed down a little too at that point. Sure. Like that was the big. It was the big space race, you know, mm-hmm. Americans mm-hmm. versus Russians, and doing that big race. Oh to yeah, the moon. there wasn't much space for much longer yeah. after that. We kind of we stopped <laughs> she going still to the moon. All space. So what's the point? Yeah. And she's still alive today. She's still like hanging, and you know, 
Well, she, yeah, she does she all these only, interviews. They she was interviewed only 33 her. when we went to them, or maybe 32. I don't know. I yeah. forgot what day. She, she was a spring chicken. Probably young. Yeah. Yeah. Accomplished so much. So yeah. then she's like 83 now, she'd be. Gosh, I can't Something do much like that. math. That's not my. <laughs> I'm, not in, I'm not in the yeah, STEM. Early 80s, she's brand. still got another 15 years in her. Yeah, she's she's just amazing. They 20, interviewed her. I don't know. I'm really optimistic about her longevity. <laughs> she seems very smart. <laughs> well, they interviewed her on NPR and I'm sure a bunch of other places for the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11, which was this year. So, yeah, they, they I, I like heard her. They were like she was like telling some of those stories, which I probably didn't tell as well as she did. So people should look her up and look up the links. And well, Margaret, awesome. if you're listening, please tell the stories better on our podcast. Yes. Hi, Margaret. <laughs> Hi, Margaret. Hi, Margaret. I'm your biggest fan, possibly. Actually, there's probably bigger fans. I don't know. I'm a big yeah, fan. Maybe there's I'm some, a big fan. some software <laughs> girls who are like, yeah, I know. Fan club. But she's like the mother of pro- computer programming. That's amazing. That's she, so she's cool. like the, the, the reason we're able to even do this is partly because of her. Yeah. Like we wouldn't be here without it. It's yeah. amazing. Somebody wrote a code she's, for this program. <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely a broad everybody should know. And um, she's amazing and a badass. And I'm happy that I know. Me too. Yeah. Ooh, all right. Well, thanks for listening. If you have any notes or feedback or suggestions for women for future episodes, check out our Instagram and uh, we will see you with another broad next week. Woohoo! Bye.